Hello and welcome to Newsmax Daily for Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. The first of five Tuesdays this month, with the final Tuesday being Halloween, which means Christmas is right around the corner. And if you've been in any of the big box stores, you know it's already Christmas there. All the Christmas stuff up next to the Halloween section. Today is National Boyfriend Day, designed mostly through social media to recognize, celebrate, and appreciate boyfriends. The word boyfriend, originally meaning a friend that was a boy, obviously, was made more romantically popular by boyfriend jeans and Marilyn Monroe in the 1950s. Then there was a popular English film called Boyfriend in the 70s and Justin Bieber's hit song Boyfriend in 2012. All leading up to the made-up holiday of Boyfriend's Day, mainly so people can post pictures of their boyfriends and stuff on social media. And here we go again. Night's winning Powerball number. That's going to be five in your power play multipliers, two. There was no winner of Powerball again last night, so Wednesday night's jackpot will now grow to a massive $1.2 billion again. This is like a regular thing now. Every couple of months, Powerball or Mega Millions, it's a billion here, a billion there. Like, it's not a big deal anymore. A billion dollars. And topping the headlines. There's no case here. There's no victim. The banks aren't a victim. The insurance companies are a victim. Everybody got paid. It's a terrible, terrible thing. This was for politics. Former President Donald Trump is back in a New York courtroom today for his civil fraud trial facing the judge who ruled that Trump inflated his net worth by more than $2 billion by overvaluing his real estate portfolio. The judge essentially conceded that the statute of limitations that uh, we want at the Court of Appeals is in effect. Therefore, about 80% of the case is over. For most of the day in court Monday, Trump legal spokesperson Alina Haba was seen by his side, and she spoke with Eric Bowling on Newsmax last night. On the way out the second time, he was pretty happy. Tell us what happened there. Uh, end of the hearing today, it was obviously a long day. The reason that the president was happy was that the judge indicated uh, something in line with the appellate division that we've been arguing, which is that the appellate division has held that almost 80 percent of this case has already been decided as outside of the bounds of this court. And uh, he was thrilled because the judge on the bench acknowledged it and said that basically the attorney general had you know, wasted our day going through something that was outside of this scope. So we were happy to hear that. And, and as anybody in the courtroom saw, the president gave him a big thumbs up. The way I understand the case, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's that the judge is saying that Trump or someone overvalued the properties to get a sweetheart deal on either loans or insurance or lenders, whatever. But I just find it odd that a, a judge thinks he knows better than the people who made the loans and who and gave you the insurance and disregarded experts. Yeah, exactly, Eric. He disregarded. There were expert opinions that we didn't get to put on trial. There were decisions like that, and I have to address this one common uh, misconception in the press. And unfortunately, uh, it, it just keeps getting repeated, which is that we had this great option to have a box checked for a jury. No, we didn't have that. That's not how this works. They brought it under Section 6312, which is a very narrow, not appropriately used section of the law, which is for consumer protections, not this. And that is why we're sitting here in front of a judge dealing with values of property where real estate 
anybody with real estate brains, anybody with real estate experience, even laymen can understand that a tax assessment is not the same as the market value of your property, period. And the point being, the people who the only harm that could have come to anyone were the lenders, the insurers. And they're like, no, we're fine with this. This really feels like they're just going after Trump, not because someone they're, was harmed. They just want to go after Trump. They're more than fine. They made some banks over $100 million in interest. The banks were paid back in full. There was absolutely no defaults, no notices of default. Every loan was paid back and paid back sometimes early. This is a joke. The city of New York is falling apart. And we have an AG attacking Trump from before she was even in office because it's a political ambition of hers. That's why the podium was ready for her. Frankly, I wasn't going to speak outside today. But then I saw that and we said, nope, we're not doing this. So we're making it political and it shouldn't be. And courtrooms really should not be. But they keep becoming that way because he's the leading candidate and they don't know how to stop him without attacking him in the courtroom. Trump legal spokesperson Alina Haba on the balance with Eric Bowling. And as she said, anyone who owns a home knows what a tax assessment is. And you know that that is not the true market value of your home. Very basic, simple stuff. All the liberal media kept saying yesterday is this is a civil case. Trump doesn't have to be there. You know, he doesn't have to be there. Why is he there all day? You know, he doesn't need to be there. Blah, blah, blah. Well, if a bunch of yahoos in a city that you helped build were coming after everything you spent your entire life building and your family's livelihood, your children, you would probably be there as well. So now let's bring in Donald Trump Jr., executive vice president of the Trump organization. You know, again, shocking to see your dad in court, but he chose to be there because he wanted to, to show the world what a witch hunt really looks like. About right, Don, let, let you weigh in. Yeah, no, I think 100%. You know, you see the look of the judge who disregarded his own appellate court. Like, the, you know, a higher court threw out, I think my father said, approximately 80% of the things in there. But he chose just to disregard that. He's getting his 15 minutes. In New York, you're a hero if you take on Trump. You could be wrong. You could be breaking all the institutions of government. You could be breaking the law or, or choosing not to follow it. But that doesn't matter. You'll be made a hero. Eric, we see this time and time again. You see it with Letitia James just staring at Trump like a lunatic uh, there. But, you know, that's what they come to expect. They've gotten those same results in Washington, D.C., with the January 6th defendants who can't possibly get a fair trial in Fulton County in Georgia, where you can't get a possible fair trial. This is designed well, and it's been weaponized. It's why it, they're choosing these state battles. Even though stuff's been thrown out, they're just going to keep it in there because they like the narrative. Election, election interference, no doubt. Uh, but, but, uh, along those lines, Don, I, I found this fascinating. The camera was in the courtroom with Tisha James staring over at your dad in the defense table. But then the camera pans to the judge. Folks, look at this. You think you're going to get a fair trial when this judge, there's a judge realizing he's on camera. What is that? What is that? Is that a fair judge or is that someone who's just so happy he's got Donald Trump in his courtroom? Don. Yeah, no, it's someone who understands. It's like Fauci. You'll make him a hero. As long as you go against Trump, as long as you go against it, it doesn't matter. We'll be a hero in New York. And that's what they've tried to do. They've tried to weaponize our system in areas where they know that someone like Donald Trump, a conservative who's actually standing up to that machine, to that narrative, can't stand a chance. It's why they disregard eyewitness testimony. It's why they disregard sworn testimony from witnesses who are experts in that field. It's why that judge can disregard New York's own appellate court court 
things that were thrown out, 80% of this case thrown out. No, no, no. We're going to hear it. We're not going to have a jury. I'm going to be the judge, jury, and executioner, and I'm going to smile for the cameras because in New York, that'll make you a hero, whether you're throwing out the, every norm in the U.S. Constitution or not. It doesn't mean anything anymore because we don't have equal justice under the law, Eric. That has been thrown out. That is now long gone. It's only now that the American public is finally starting to see it. And that's why my father wanted to be in a court. Don Jr. with Eric Bowling, And for the legal explanation of whether this really is political or not, here's former New Jersey Judge Andrew Napolitano on Wake Up America. As you mentioned, this is a non-jury trial, so meaning the justice will rule on the case itself. But can Trump get a fair shake in this trial? And will this appeal process take some time? You know, we have a, a system in New York, John, of which I've been harshly critical, and that is where the prosecutors and the judges run for office. And so they identify Republican or Democrat. In this case, the attorney general ran for office as a Democrat saying, I'm going to get Trump. In this case, the judge ran for office, not mentioning Trump, but as a Democrat. The better system, of course, is where judges and prosecutors are apolitical and are appointed by the governor, confirmed by the Senate. That's not what we have here. Can he get a fair trial? According to him, he cannot. Mm. That the, the deck is stacked against him, and that's why we have appeals. But it's going to be a very expensive trial and a very expensive appeal. So there you go. The attorney general we all knew is a Democrat. She ran on, I will get Trump. And the judge who will make the ruling because it's a non-jury trial is a member of the Democratic Party. And this is also the reason, by the way, this is also the reason that there's so much political corruption in New York and in other states and cities that operate the same way, as opposed to having non-party affiliate attorney generals, and especially judges. How do politicians get so rich? I don't understand. It's a mystery, right? So Trump will be back in court today, and this won't get nearly as much attention, but Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, is also in court today, a federal court in Wilmington, Delaware, facing three felony counts related to his 2018 purchase of a handgun when he was admittedly using drugs. Two of the counts, by the way, carry a maximum sentence of up to 10 years in prison. The other big story, Republicans, Democrats, independent Americans, everybody wants to know what exactly is going on between House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and fellow Republican Congressman Matt Gates, who filed a resolution Monday to oust McCarthy as Speaker, living up to his promise. That's what Gates has been talking about. And it's really not just Gates. Gates is representing a small group of Republicans that want to oust McCarthy over the uh, continuing resolution that was made on the budget. We have heard a lot from Gates over the last week. Last night, Speaker McCarthy spoke with Greta Van Susteren. What's going on between you and Congressman Matt Gates? I mean, I mean, is it is it an ideological that you just have different ideas on how the government should be funded or not funded or funded or policies, or is there something personal going on? 
No, I, I believe it's personal. It's something Matt's been concerned about. Remember, he never supported me for speaker. It's not conservative because he voted against the conservative continuing resolution. Look, I'm a conservative that believes we should show how we can get things done in a conservative manner. If, if my continuing resolution had passed that the majority of the conference voted for, we would have secured our border, we would have cut spending, and we'd be in a stronger position. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. Um, with Matt, there's a couple different things. I mean, I know he has an ethics complaint that got put in in the last Congress. I can't get involved in ethics complaints. I know that's made him upset. He said, text other members about that, trying to blame me. I have nothing to do with it. Um, I just think we should focus on the job we're supposed to be. Uh, making a motion to vacate doesn't help us in the process. It turns the House over to the Democrats. The only way that could win if all the Democrats voted for it and a handful of Republicans. Uh, I don't think that's right. I think we should follow what the majority of Republicans want to do and let's get our work and get it done. You know, one of the issues that obviously is, you know, divided even within your own party is this whole issue of funding for Ukraine. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out is that, you know, obviously we've got a situation where it's expensive. Uh, on the other hand, we have a growing debt. But then I go back to thinking that if we don't do some sort of funding for Ukraine, what message does that send President Putin of Russia, Kim Jong-un of North Korea, President Xi of China? I mean, it's, it's a much deeper problem than just money. Is there, is there any sort of discussion about that within the House? There's a lot of discussion about that. And part of the concern is, what is the mission? What is the direction to make sure we win? And where is the accountability? It's not like we should send money to Ukraine. We can send weapons to Ukraine to let them defend themselves. But it is a, a question you have to think of long term. What, what message would that send to China when it comes to Taiwan? What are these other messages? But the one thing I would tell you, there's no Americans dying in Ukraine, but there are Americans dying on our southern border. There are Americans dying across our country because what's happening on that southern border. And we need to prioritize our southern border. And that's exactly what I believe we should do. And that's what I've told the president. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy on the record with Greta Van Susteren. That's weeknights at 6 Eastern on Newsmax. Rob Schmidt tonight follows at 7. And he spoke about the McCarthy-Gates battle with Mike Huckabee. Governor, you know, I, I want to bring to you the same uh, style question that I, I brought to Senator Mullen. You know, Americans are very frustrated uh, with their government, especially conservative Americans. They feel like the system works for itself. Um, Gates's messaging on this has been all about that. And, and I do think that that resonates with people. What are your thoughts? Well, I agree his message resonates, but what Devin has just said and also what you uh, had from the uh, congressman from Oklahoma, it's true. Mullen, yeah. Politics is pretty simple math. It's 50% plus one. If you don't have that, you don't win. And if the goal is to accomplish something, you better have a majority and you better hold it together. One of the things I have to say I admire about the Democrats, they circle the wagons and stick together. You don't see little factions going off in 14 different ways. Right. They just don't do it. And if we would circle our own wagons, stick with the speaker, you don't have to agree with everything he puts forward. But Kevin McCarthy has a very thin majority, barely hanging on. And if it gets to the Senate, it's going to get flushed down the toilet unless it is an exceptional idea. So, you know, to have a splinter group saying we're going to demand this, demand it from what? 
if you don't have 218 votes, you're not going to demand anything. And so, look, Matt Gates was my congressman. When he first ran, I held two fundraisers in my personal home for him early on in his campaign. I've been a fan. He's one of the smartest people and one of the most articulate. But he needs to retool and focus on helping the Republicans win battles rather than having his own battle that cannot be won because there's simply not enough votes that are supporting it. Well, I guess my invitation to that fundraiser got lost in the mail. Former Arkansas governor and one-time GOP presidential candidate Mike Huckabee, also a former Florida resident. He has since moved back to Arkansas when his daughter Sarah Huckabee Sanders became governor back in his home state. And getting back to the Kevin McCarthy interview with Greta, he talked about the battle over funding for the border. More on that is coming up with former acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf and Chris Salcedo. First, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. The MLB postseason is now officially underway, and millions of people who may have not watched a single baseball game all season will now be tuning in for all the excitement, right? Why do we love sports so much? It's the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. You remember that? The highs and the lows, the drama, the intensity. But what's funny, not ha-ha funny, but, you know, funny, most people don't like that kind of uncertainty or drama or highs and lows when it comes to their personal life or work life, right? A lot of people can't handle the highs and lows or don't know how to handle the adversity or change. Change is a tough thing for sure. People have anxiety, fear, maybe self-confidence issues. Check out BetterHelp. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of working against yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible. It can help you learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries to be the best version of yourself. You know, therapy isn't just for people who have experienced some kind of big trauma in life. It can just simply help you with life. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Newsmax today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Newsmax. A big part of the negotiations over funding the government, as you heard from Speaker McCarthy and really everyone else, is about funding for Ukraine and our border. Chris Salcedo spoke with former acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf. Mr. Secretary, New York Governor Kathy Hochul is abandoning the Democrats' party's support for massive and uncontrolled illegal immigration. Here she is on CBS want them to have a limit on who can come across the border. It is too open right now. Uh, people coming from all over the world are finding their way through, simply saying they need asylum. And the majority of them seem to be ending up in the streets of New York. And that is a real problem for New York City. Yeah, and they don't qualify for asylum either, the vast majority of them. You know, Democrats, Mr. Secretary, have been vocal supporters of massive illegal immigration for years. They loved it as long as it didn't harm their communities, only the border state communities. Now that Joe Biden has made illegal immigration a 50-state problem, is there any excuse other than promotion of continued harm for our people that a majority in the Congress shouldn't come together and just put a stop to all this? No, I don't think that there's any excuse. And, and what I would say to Governor Hochul is welcome to the fight. 
Now, she may be a little over two and a half years late to it, but she's come to the right answer, which is this is uncontrollable. We've never experienced anything like this. And this is the fault of the federal government, in this case, the Biden administration. And so I think what it tells you is it's not just a Republican issue, but for cities and, and, and states that are actually experiencing this firsthand, like New York City and the state of New York, they are coming to the same conclusion that we have all been saying on the, on the right and on the conservative side now for two and a half years that this can't go on like it is. It is destroying our country. It's destroying the Border Patrol. Uh, and the list goes on and on of the consequences. So I think the governor is just the latest individual, but certainly not the last on the left, who's now saying, look, this, this, is, this is actually pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, the Biden administration needs to do something about it. All right. And of course, this, this is all going according to plan, the Joe Biden plan. Chad Wolf with Chris Salcedo, host of The Chris Salcedo Show. And after having an afternoon conversation with some cabinet members at the White House yesterday, President Biden has another busy day of nothing today. The White House calendar shows a press briefing by Secretary Jean-Pierre this afternoon, where they'll probably blame everything on the Republicans and Trump. And that's really about it. And good news in New York State, upstate, where a missing nine-year-old girl was found safe. Police say Charlotte Siena was in good health when they found her in a cabinet in a camper about 13 miles away from her home. She went missing over the weekend at a camping site while she was out bike riding with friends. A suspect is in custody. Police say the suspect left a ransom note at the Siena's home. And that led to them tracking him down. You cannot, not ever, ever be too careful with your children. That is the best news of the day right there. And don't forget, Newsmax is available on most major cable systems, including AT&T, Comcast, Cox, Mediacom, Fios, Verizon, Spectrum, and others. And your favorite platforms like Amazon, Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Apple TV, and more. Thank you, as always, for listening to Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Appreciate the download. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Don't forget, it's always Taco Tuesday. And keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.